Good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Doing well? Everybody doing well? All right. How could you not be doing well after that worship set? <laughs> wow, man, there's a world outside your window. Uh, both services, I was standing inside the door there, and I was dancing, and it was an ugly mess. But man, <laughs> boy, was I enjoying that. How can we not, of all people on planet Earth, have joy in our hearts, knowing that Jesus is alive and well, and the world needs to know that. Today we began a brand new series of messages, Make Today Count. And my hope is, even as we start off, we, we look at a situation that seems dead, bone dry dead, yet God can restore. And we live in a time where it feels like a lot is dead. We live in a time over the last eight months where it feels like everything's been canceled or delayed or given up or we've lost. And it feels as if what the people felt like here in this passage that we're about to look at today. Our hope has been, and I know it has been for most of you and most of us as Christ followers, is to let the world know that there's still hope in Jesus Christ. No matter what's happening around us, we can press on. Yet I realize that it's a challenge, but we can do it based upon who we have living in us. I've been watching our family in in Southeast Asia. And if you've been following too, you notice that our children who are in Batambang, Cambodia, are in the midst not only of a COVID pandemic, but a monsoon season. And the floods have hit the front doors of the homes in which we love and care for the, the children and the workers there. And it's been so good for me to watch and be in contact and communicate with, with Savorn and communicate with, with Sela and Vondo and checking in to see how the, the kids are doing. Yet, to be quite frank, they're standing in the midst of all this praising God. In fact, there are pictures of them out and about delivering and helping uh, those in the community who find themselves completely underwater. Water is everywhere. If you've been to the homes there, The road in which you travel back to the home is completely underwater. It's waist deep. And there have been some photos that have come through, and this one recently came through. It's a picture of, in the midst of adverse situation, in the midst of where some people want to run and hide, we can still stand with joy. This photo came through. I mean, look at that. They're still still shopping. They got an umbrella, so they don't get wet. I'm thinking you're standing in water. But... They're praising God in the midst of the hardship. And we can do that too. Like even though it appears like your plans have been altered, we still have Jesus Christ. And because we have him, we can march on in his name. There was a moment in the history of God's people in Israel where it was a very desperate, dark time. Yet out of that came a group of people because of The prophet Ezekiel, he spoke to this and said, we can live, really live, even though all things appear dead. Grab your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel chapter 37, and we're going to read the first three verses of Ezekiel chapter 37, and I ask you to stand with me and those of you who are online to stand in your rooms with me, and let's read this out loud together, God's word, Ezekiel chapter 37 Verses 1 through 3. Let's read it out loud together. Ready, read. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. 
It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. You may have a seat. Exile, and I would say loss and death are part of life. And in some ways, that's exactly where we find ourselves. And it was where God's people, we would say the Israelites, people of Yahweh, found themselves. And and for us, we might find ourselves there. If not now, we'll find ourselves there down the road where things appear as though it's dead, there's no hope. And I would say never in my lifetime have I witnessed more loss than during this time of COVID. And never have I witnessed more people drifting to hopelessness because they don't know Christ or they don't realize what they have in Christ. Israel was now, we would say, in captivity. They were in exile. They were defeated by the Babylonians and Ezekiel is a prophet that God goes to and he says, I want you to speak to these dry bones. I want you to speak to this exiled time. My people are away from the homeland. David was promised that he would restore this land, yet now the people look around, death, they're away from home, it's dark, they've lost, everything's been canceled, it doesn't appear like there's hope. And from this dark time, God speaks to this this prophet and says, speak this truth over these dead bones. Let people know as God followers that they don't have to waver in their faith, that today they can choose me and I will deliver them from the ashes of this death. So he raises up Ezekiel in the middle of the dark season. He gives him a vision to tell the people of God, listen, even though everything looks like it's dead, even though this valley is loaded with skeletons, I'm going to restore, I'm going to bring back to life what has been taken from you. And even though it appears there's just no way it could happen, so Ezekiel is about to stand up in the middle of these dry bones and speak life over death speak life over the ashes that these people, followers of God, found themselves in. Much like Paul in the New Testament would often speak truth over hard times. I love what Paul said in Ephesians chapter one and verse 19. And it's an incredible promise. And he he prayed this over the church of Ephesus. He said, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. But sometimes it's hard to see that. Look again at chapter 37 as Ezekiel is jumping into the middle of this this cemetery of sorts. Verse two it says, the spirit of God, he led me back and forth among them, the bones. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And then he says in verse three, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Like, can we recover from COVID? (laughs) Can we make it after losing that family member? Is it possible when we've lost so much and it appears like death is everywhere, Can life come from this, God? 
Is it possible that you can breathe life into this hopeless situation? And then the response was this, Ezekiel's response. He said, I said, sovereign Lord, you alone live. In other words, can God restore and resuscitate death? Can dead men walk again? Or are they too far gone? Have they, have they pulled so far away that there's no way that life could ever come from these ashes? These are the kind of questions that people ask in desperation. These are the questions that people are asking right now in America. Can life come from this? Can we ever see new life again? Or is this the new normal? It's the questions that, are, that we daily live with. And they wasn't any different than it was during this time. So God asks, can these bones live? To the prophet Ezekiel. And God is asking today, can we live? Can we flourish in the midst of this pandemic? Can we rally lives together in the middle of this instead of believing doom and gloom? And Ezekiel's response is clear. He says, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Let me just ask you a question today. Do you believe that life can come from these dead bones that we find ourselves in? Do you feel like Ezekiel right now? Like, is this how you feel when you woke up this morning? It's like, man, all it is is bones and dry bones and death and all my dreams and everything's being canceled and I don't know if the season is going to finish for football or volleyball or Everything that I thought would happen is put on hold. And many, if we're not careful, we have retreated and we're believing that this is the worst case scenario and not only worst case, that it will never get better than this. And so if we just look at the bones and every day and believe this is how it's going to be, then what will happen, you and I will retreat in fear. And we won't live the life that God intended us to live. And so my challenge as I read this today and for you and for me is this. Have you? Have you retreated? Have you pulled away? Have you put on hold? Because one day it'll get better, but until then I'm just going to place my life on hold. And so the same questions that you and I are asking in the Valley of Dry Bones, Ezekiel was proposed the question, can these bones live? Could we ever see life again on planet Earth like it used to be? And so Ezekiel has to give the word from the Lord to his people. And as he's there, he, he speaks to them. In fact, look at verse four. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to what? Life. That's a challenge, isn't it, sometimes? If we're not careful, if we keep looking at the dry bones and we keep reading the news reports and 
We keep allowing everyone else to tell us what's going to happen instead of relying upon the words of the Lord (laughs) and letting his word infiltrate our hearts and our minds then we too will find ourselves retreating to the valley of bones, not believing that God could restore and resuscitate and annihilate the virus and not only bring back, but bring it back new and better than it was before. Do you believe God can do that? But do you live as though you believe that? Would your wife say that's true about you, husband? Wives, would your husband say that's true about you? Does your life reflect that you believe that God can renew, resuscitate, and restore? Would your grandchildren say that about you when they look back on this time? And they will. Your grandchildren, they'll look back and they'll remember exactly what grandpa and grandma said. And you are now living in front of them what you believe about your God. What would they say? Well, grandpa, he retreated. He didn't really believe God could and grandma she didn't but maybe she's saying maybe they'll come back and say yeah they believe so much that we never stop living on mission for God see it's easy to believe what the news reports had Solomon addressed this many 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 years ago in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4 Solomon said whoever watches the wind will not plant Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. The verse is so appropriate for today's pandemic. People are planning as if the worst is about to happen. And so you turn on the news report, you follow on Twitter, you grab your news, and they keep giving a prognosis without God in the picture. This is what's going to happen, the worst case scenario. And so if we're not careful, we see one cloud and we plan, it's going to be a storm like never before, and we retreat instead of advance. And so Ezekiel is getting a word from the Lord, even though the valley is full of bones, My God can restore and resuscitate and bring back to life what is dead. That's what our God can do. We need a great awakening of the Holy Spirit in our world today, more than ever. If God doesn't rouse us from our slumber soon, then the church of Jesus Christ is in big trouble. And boy, It begins with us. I heard a man say one time, if you want to see revival, draw a circle and jump inside of it. (laughs) Listen to me, followers of Jesus. If you get nothing else from this message today, get this. The good news is greater than the network news. (laughs) It is. The good news of Jesus Christ is better than the network news. Jesus is the hope of the world. Hear me out, hear me out. Not a political party or a political candidate. Can I get an amen? Pray, yes, pray. Vote, yes, vote. Yet no matter what happens on November 3rd, Jesus is still king and his power is not diminished by a donkey or an elephant in office. Jesus is king. Man, some people are just losing their minds. Yes, pray. 
That's what God says, pray for our leaders, and I do pray, but my Bible tells me, read God's word. The heart of the king is in the hand of God. So our president is in the hand of God, and he directs it however he chooses. Let me ask a question before we move on. Are you living, really living, or are you doing the cemetery shuffle? Seriously, are you just like dry bones? Oh, I hope I make it through this time. Oh, soon, soon, soon I'll be all in for Jesus after this is over. Where do you read that in the Bible? Oh, I'm just going to pull to the sidelines. I, 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 I can't be all in. Like we, I, I can't be on mission like I used to. Where do you read that? It's in these times that the world needs to see that we believe by faith that God is in control. God can revive what appears to be dead. Watch what happens in this account in verse four. Ezekiel says, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the what? The Lord. The Bible is so loaded with these truths that God can do impossible things. God can do unimaginable things. God can do improbable things. And not only can, he has and he will again. Yet I wonder if we believe that to be true when we pray to him. God wants us to pray believing that he can do the impossible. For 62 days, many of you, including myself, have been praying, God, please annihilate this virus. And you know what? Every single time I pray, I believe today could be the day. Because my God is able, all he has to do is speak and the virus could be gone and the moment he speaks, gone. He's fully in control. And the moment I don't believe that and you don't believe that, it's the moment we don't believe that our God was resurrected from the dead. But always keep this in mind. Even in this account, in our own lives, the point of restoration here and in our lives is for God, not us. It brings glory to God, not to us. That's why it says in verse six, then you will know that I am the Lord. Often God allows us to walk through adverse times so that we lean on him and fully trust in his name. But I still believe, if we're not careful, that our minds can be infiltrated more with the news of man than the words of God. When we constantly fill our minds with the negative press, and the worst case scenarios like Ecclesiastes 11.4, 
then it will have an ill effect on our whole being. When I look around today, the enemy is licking his chops because he's winning the battle with our minds. And many followers of Jesus have become dormant in their walks. Listen to me. Don't give the enemy another inch in your life or he will isolate you off and pick you off. If he can isolate us, he can control us. Just take a look how effective he's been. In fact, I was reading some more recent stats in regards to suicide and anxiety and depression. This most recent stat says this, that the number of people reporting mental health issues, including anxiety, depression, stress, and suicide has skyrocketed. According to the recent data, symptoms of anxiety and depressive disorders have more than tripled, tripled in the last seven months. With women in black and Latino communities most acutely impacted. And in a study released today on World Mental Health Day, the International Committee of the Red Cross Over half, 51% of respondents surveyed across seven countries reported that the global health crisis has negatively impacted their mental health. The data is so disturbing that Dr. Sell, a, a, a psychotherapist and brain health expert, said this, the world has seen a high degree of change, isolation, uneasiness, and loss due to COVID-19 pandemic. She explains people have lost their jobs, lost loved ones, and are struggling to maintain some sense of normalcy while life feels anything but normal. But listen to me, and it's in those times that our God can speak life. I want to speak to this reality because we must speak to it. Depression is a real concern in our circles as is suicide. Suicide is tripled during this time. Depression numbers have tripled. Anxiety numbers have tripled during this time. Can we just pull away and hit the pause button and say, let's speak to this. Because if we don't speak to it and deny it, then we won't get the necessary help that we need to press on during this time. So what are some symptoms of depression? I want to address them this morning. And I want you to do a mental checklist. And if you get to the end of this mental checklist and you find that you're checking many of these off, then you might need to make a call to your doctor. You might need to have a conversation with someone that you love and it's close to do. You you might need to pull aside and, and set up a counseling appointment with someone that you trust. But here are some symptoms of depression. A sadness that won't go away. Tiredness that comes upon you for no reason at all. Trouble focusing or concentrating at work. Just an overall unhappiness. Nothing brings you joy. Anger at the simplest things. You're just right on edge all the time. Irritability with 
the simplest things, a daily frustration, a loss in intimacy with your spouse, sleep issues, you can't sleep. You toss and turn all night long. Little or no overall energy. Sadness, tiredness, trouble focusing, concentrating, an unhappiness, anger, irritability, a frustration, a loss of intimacy with your spouse, sleep issues, no energy. You find yourself hiding in darkness all alone more and more. Your mind is infiltrated more with negative thoughts than ever experienced before. You find yourselves retreating to darkness instead of light because you just want to hide. There's a lack of creativity or activity or achievement. You're just bored. And now you've turned to alcohol or drugs or food and you binge at night eating more and more and you're overweight way more than you've ever been. You have a lack of physical fitness in your life. The thought of getting out and getting up early and walking or walking at night just levels you because you don't have the energy to exercise. You might be in the bowels of depression. Listen, if you are, please get help today. That is a valley of dry bones. And if you don't get the necessary help that you need, the enemy has you where he wants you. So how do you How do you cycle out of that? What are some ways that that you can get on top of just dealing with depression? For sure, contact your doctor. Start an exercise and health plan today, even if you don't feel like it. Quit making excuses for not exercising. Open each day by soaking in God's word regularly. If you don't know where to begin, begin with the gospel of John and just look at the miracles of Jesus and open each day with the praise because praise will push back the darkness that's trying to overwhelm you. Get out with people even if you don't feel like it. That's the problem. That's why we're all isolated. I can't get around somebody. If I get around somebody, then I'll get the virus. And if I get the virus, then I'll die. And if I didn't believe this, and there's a cloud in the sky, and a cloud in the sky, worst case scenario, listen to me. Those are lies of the enemy. Confess your sin. Sometimes depression is just a wealth of sin that's unconfessed. Help someone else. Take your eyes off yourself. Get proper nutrition. Be intentional with activities. Seek community and corporate worship with other believers. 
Oh, if I cannot stress that enough. Listen to me. We must worship together. There is power in the gathering. That's why Hebrews says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. And prior to that, it says, spur one another on to good works. Listen, you can't spur on if you're not meeting together. And the reason we meet together is to sharpen and keep accountable and encourage. You find life with other believers. Please, find help. If that's where you find yourself, in the valley of dry bones. So Ezekiel heard from the Lord. Look at verse 7. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying. Can you picture this? As he was prophesying, there was a noise. A rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone by bone. I looked, and tendons and a flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood on their feet a vast army. Can you picture this, by the way? These once dry bones come to their feet, it says, flesh and tendons grew and he breathed life on them and they began to dance in the valley. Life came from the dry bones. How and why? Because the spirit of God speaks life to us. And we as followers of Christ have the same God that spoke to these dry bones alive and well today in our world. I wonder, though, how many of you are still living in a land called empty. I refuse in the name of Jesus to cower in the wasteland of hopelessness when I know my God lives. And the God that did this for Ezekiel and the dry bones can do it for us too. And why? Why does God want to bring life back to dry bones? Look at verse 13. Ezekiel says, then you, my people, will know. God said that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. The reason that God brings resurrection is to let the world know that he is God and he can do it. 
the world is watching us in the middle of this pandemic, and I often wonder, what are they seeing? What are they seeing in your life? Would your neighbors say, wow, they're followers of God. Boy, they believe. Look at how they stand in the midst of this pandemic and trust in their God and believe that he can deliver them and that he can annihilate the virus and that he is God of all. If we want to make today count for Jesus, then we need to live like Jesus was raised from the dead and live in such a way that we believe that God can bring dry bones back to life. I'm going to ask you some hard questions right now because I believe the answers to these questions will determine whether or not you are truly living in the midst of this pandemic. And so I want you to answer them and just hear them on your own and reply in your heart and then talk about later with those that are close to you. The first question is this. Are people seeking you out to ask you how you remain so faith-filled during this time? When's the last person that's come up to you and said, wow, how do you have that kind of faith when you just got that report again what's happening in our world? Who is the last person that called you up and said, I don't understand how you can have so much faith? Answer this. Do you still find great joy in every day? Or are the circumstances of the events of that day the reason you find joy? Even if nothing changes at the end of this day than when it began, is there this unbelievable joy? Here's the problem. We can't lose our salvation, but many of you have lost the joy of your salvation. Let me ask this question. Do you remain on mission or have you drifted to the sidelines? Well, I used to serve and I used, to, I used to be part of that and I was part of that men's group, that ladies group, that youth group. I, I used to be, I used to be, but now I'm waiting. Listen, there is no verse in the Bible that says that we should ever stop being on mission because of a pandemic. Let me ask this question. Are people coming to Jesus Christ because of your testimony in the middle of the pandemic? Just answer this question. Have you isolated yourself because of fear? Have you pulled away because you're fearful and not trusting in wisdom and in God? How about this? Is your church attendance rich and constant or have you drifted to convenience? That could be for people who attend and people who are online. Is it convenient? Like, this is just convenient. I, 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 I just, I, I've turned these seven months into a convenient time. I'm, I'm, just, I, I, I'm just watching online whenever I'm able to, but I'm not really fully engaged. You answer the question. Has your walk become a convenient walk? Let 
Is your faith stronger and your worship loud? Ezekiel walked back and forth through the valley of dry bones. The people of the day, God's people, thought there was no hope for these dry bones. But when God spoke through Ezekiel, he said, speak to these dry bones and there will be life again. Maybe, just maybe, you've drifted. And the only way back is to Jesus. God, help us today. This is a gut check time for people of God. These are the moments that we ask the hard questions. Am I living in the valley of dry bones? Am I believing that God can't resuscitate what has been taken and stolen? Am I operating my life by looking at the cloud in the sky and say, the worst is about to happen, so I need to retreat? Or do I believe that my God can breathe life into dead bone valleys and he can be exalted? And do I believe that the same God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me? God, help us to remember that you weren't resurrected from the grave so that we could retreat but you were resurrected so that we could run free to. Give us a renewed sense of purpose, God. Give us a fresh awakening of the Holy Spirit and may we run in freedom in the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Amen.